Number one, I think you're going to like this, and I didn't just do it just because you're here and about to hear me talk about it, but I do believe it is going to end up being the most impactful MLB transaction of the offseason. Trey Turner to the Philadelphia Phillies. We know a big thing with the Phillies, and you know this better than anyone else. Obviously, their defense is has been lacking the past couple of years, and not only you bring Trey Trey Turner in to solidify the defensive side of the ball, you know you know what you're getting from him as an as an offensive player. He's clearly one of the best players in this game. Versatile, he can run, he can throw, he can hit, could probably pitch if you needed him to. But I'm, I'm sure <laughs> the Phillies won't make him do that. Uh, but just insert him into the top of this Phillies lineup, which has gotten extremely better. Um, and I really like what the Phillies doing, giving Trey Turner a bag because he definitely deserved it. And this move is going to show off all season long just how good it really is. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is a, I'll say it aged sourly, take from my counterpart, Jed. And usually I would victory lap something like this. And, and we didn't rehearse this. Uh, this is my raw reaction. I didn't know what this clip was going to be. Uh, yeah, normally I would victory lap this. I'd be like, Jet brutal take but now i'm gonna be like jet brutal take i wish you were right yeah i had the same take i know it's, it's very upsetting stuff. and and before i get into more about what's going on with trey turner if you guys remember episode 66 where that was my favorite transaction out of all the transactions that occurred some of the other transactions which i think people would would like to hear because i got them terribly wrong and i know it's not even two months into the season but one of them was Carlos Rodon. One of them was Wilson Contreras. One of them was Jacob DeGrom and Andrew Heaney. I didn't even include Nathan Evaldi in that. And another one, which which I, I don't think I need to pat my pat myself on the back on because I think anyone could have predicted this, but Aaron Judge resigning, we knew how impactful that was going to be, um, kind of reviving the Yankees early on in this season. But in terms of Trey Turner – we talked about him, you know, providing that defensive boost, which he has. The defensive numbers have been pretty consistent with where he's been uh, throughout his career. Not great arm strength, but in terms of, like, outs above average, he's still one of the elite defenders in all of baseball. It's more about his offense. And after the showing he put on in the World Baseball Classic, where it looked like he was maybe going to put up 30 home runs this season with the rate he was going in the WBC, that has not been the case so far this year, uh, currently as of May 24th, 2023, he's hitting 251 with four home runs, 11 RBIs. This is a guy that pretty much averages between 40 and 60 RBIs a season and around 10 to 15 home runs a season. Uh, but for, for Trey Turner, the big issues so far this season for him, uh, number one, he has not been hitting the ball as hard as he normally is, and that's translating to lower exit velocity off of each batted ball. Um, he's obviously not barreling up as many balls. He's also striking out at a significantly higher rate than he's accustomed to. 26.9% K percentage in 2023. His average over the course of his career, 19.7%. Um, and then some of the other things you can look at, he is uh, hitting the ball on the ground a lot more. He's hitting the ball in the air a lot more. And as a result, his line drive percentage is down. I mentioned the hard contact down. The soft contact is up. So there's, there's a lot of like, none of these things are going to be hard to 
correct. Trey Turner is a major league baseball hitter. And with the experience he has in this league so far, it's just going to require some adjustments and it's a long season. Like we can, we can bring back this clip up at the end of the year and start, you know, giving myself a victory lap and, and Tommy will be, will be cheering as well. But as it currently stands, this went from looking like being one of the biggest offseason moves to one of the worst. And it's a long year, but not a great start. What are, what are your thoughts on Trey Turner? Do you think this is going to be like this all year? Do you think this is impacting the Phillies as a whole? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's impacting the Phillies as a whole because it's just frustrating because the team hasn't gotten it going. And obviously, yes, we started the season off with – I mean, I'm going to say less than stellar circumstances. Obviously, Harper was out for a while with Tommy John still recovering crazily fast, but missing Harper for 30 games is still a huge deal. Reese Hoskins tearing his ACL with like three spring training games to go. Derek Hall breaking his wrist, our secondary first baseman uh, in like game three of the season. So obviously, I, I expected a bit of a slow start. Ranger Suarez has been out. Uh, Aaron Nola has historically been slow to start seasons. I expected a slow start, uh, but not this. I didn't expect Trey Turner to be getting booed around 50 games into the season. And, you know, he owned up to it, which is, I mean, it's really the only thing you can do in Philly is, is just say, hey, like I would boo myself too, like even if you don't believe it. Yeah. Uh, but the most troubling number to me is how low his OPS has been all year, somewhere in the 670s, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah and, and like I said, I, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I was a guy who would rather have us sign Xander Bogarts. And I'm not going to say that's the correct thing, just because, like you, like you mentioned, it is a very, very long season. And forget the long season. It's a very, very long contract for both of those players. They just signed long-term deals with their new squads. Um, I expect Turner to pick it up a bit, but age does concern me because, you know, when his speed goes, I think a lot of his, his, his good attributes go with it. Do you think the World Baseball Classic contributed to this slow start? Because you look, you can look at other guys that participated in this event. Nolan Arenado got off to an extremely slow start. Lars Nupar uh, ended up going on the IL. Uh, some other names got off to slow starts as well. Alex Schwarber's hitting 170. Right. Yeah, there, there, there are some – Adam Wainwright, who we didn't expect to have a dominant year, but he's has an ERA north of five. So there's, there's a lot of guys around the league that seemed like they have gotten off to slow starts, whether it's because of that – not sure, but do you think that has played a part in it? I mean, I'm sure it does. I, I don't – I guess it makes sense, but I wouldn't expect it to really. Like, I wasn't planning on this happening just because, like, the reason I guess it makes sense is because if that takes place – that's their spring training if they're yeah. doing the World Baseball Classic. And, you know, in normal spring training, you're playing three innings to start. You're, like, slowly working right. into it. This is kind of right into the fire. I mean, I don't know – how much work they're doing on their own before the world baseball classic starts, but obviously there's no team activities prior to it. So I guess, I guess it makes sense. I wasn't expecting it really though. I mean, one player didn't impact was Shohei Otani, but I just think he's a different breed anyway. So I don't yeah. think that was going to hurt him. Anyway. I, but the thing is though, Turner, Turner still has more world baseball classic home runs than he does in 50 games. How true. many games have the Phillies played 50, almost 47, 47, 47, 47 games. And this guy has less home runs than he did in the world baseball classic. So I'm not, I don't know what to, to point towards to blame, but. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It's a long season. Like I said, for the fifth time. So no, it is a long season. And, and that's, uh, that's the only way to look at it. If you're a Phillies fan right now, I know Marlins <laughs> fans are going through something similar, but they're a little bit more used to it. 
they're more accustomed to the to the bad seasons over there down down in SoFlo. But uh, Jet, we got a lot on tap today. We are skipping stat of the day, even though I think this kind of could have doubled the stat of the day. Just talking about some of Turner's numbers. We're gonna give you guys a video of the day, uh, and then we're going to NBA playoff update. Obviously, coming fresh off of a Miami Heat loss. We're going to revisit our original brackets because it's looking like the finals is pretty much set. The Nuggets swept the Lakers in four games and the Heat went up 3-0. I, I mean, I don't know if I want to call it yet. And I don't know. I if don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> but I, I think I'll call it. I'm going to say we're looking at Nuggets Heat. So we're going to visit our old brackets and see how Jet and I fared. Uh, we're going to give you our power rankings for the MLB because it's been a while since we've done that. So a little bit of a state of the MLB talk. Um, we're going to talk about some top NFL free agents, Jet, Leonard Floyd, Zeke, Frank Clark, where are these guys going to land? We're going to get on the word of the day and we're going to get out of here, Jet. Anything you'd like to add before we get into it? No, let's get started. Let's get started. So you want to start with video of the day? You want to start with the NBA playoffs? What do you want to do? Let's continue with the clips because I got another clip geared up, ready to go. Right. This is our video of the clip day. Clip it up, man. Tommy, Tommy is not familiar with the backstory of this, but... I will let the video first do its justice, and then we'll kind of explain the situation. Against the bottom part of the Braves order, Marcelo Zuna leads off. That got Will Smith on the backswing and caught by Peralta. Smith not happy. I think Will Smith just said, I know, but that's not the first time you've done it. That was a lot of extension. I mean, there are guys that let the top hand go but are able to hold up. For Will Smith, you do have to factor in this is a guy who's missed two weeks with a concussion. No, I was just... You know, Matt, he hit me in the head with his bat pretty hard. Um, you know, it's not the first time he's done it to me. Sometimes other catchers around the league. You know, I just felt like there comes to a point where, you, you know, I need to say something there. You know, kind of in the moment got a little heated, but no, I mean, that's something, you know, he's not doing that on purpose. But you do it enough times, like, you think he would kind of fix it. There is our video of the day. You'll notice, obviously, a compilation of Marcelo Zuna hitting other catchers in the head with his bat. Obviously, the Will Smith incident is the one that we're going to talk about. Obviously, Will Smith, because this also happened last year, and he finally took favor to it. Obviously, the recent concussions played a role in him, you know, going after Marcelo Zuna, trying to, you know, you know, set the tone for what has been a, an incident that has happened to Marlins catchers too. Nick Fortes got hit in the back of the head with Marcelo Zuna's bat as well. There's been a lot, lot to say who's in the right, who's in the wrong. Should Marcelo Zuna change his bat path? Should Will Smith back up? Um, one thing I, I did want to uh, bring, bring to everyone's attention, if I can find it here in, in just a little bit, but one of the things that I found was that Marcelo Zuna, picture the batter's box, picture that white line. Obviously, over the course of a game, that white line is disappears with how many guys dig their back foot into it. But if you if you find a picture, and I'll, I'll look for it shortly, you can see Marcelo Zuna's back foot is over that disappearing white line. Um, so you can kind of think maybe he should be moving up in the box a little bit. Tommy, I'll turn it to you. Who is this? Who's more at fault, Marcelo Zuna or Will Smith? And whoever is at fault, uh, how should they go about fixing this whole situation up? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any any blame to be put on Will Smith. Like you gotta, you gotta figure. And I didn't know this was a problem Marcelo Zuna had. Honestly, I didn't know uh, he's hitting catchers in the head like that. But it, I mean, it seems like he's he takes swings. His life is based around taking swings. He hits baseballs. He hits catchers. Um, 
his wife. And so, like, you know, what we're looking at is you got to fix it, buddy. I mean, someone's going to eventually say something. He's going to wait until someone gets seriously injured until he fixes it or gets suspended. Like, I think after the first time you do it, you're like, oh, shit, my bad. Let me see why that happened and uh, just fix it. I don't, I don't really know what else there is to say. Is there really people blaming Will Smith for this? You know, it's interesting. I was I was listening to uh, MLB Network, one of the shows. Um, some some were suggesting Will Smith back up a little bit, like if this has happened before. But but the thing is, like, how much farther back can you back up? Because yeah. it, it affects the pitcher. Right, that puts the pitcher the at a disadvantage. Yeah, right, it, it puts the pitcher at a disadvantage. Um, I get it. It's not the easiest thing to change your bat path. I mean, I'm sure Marcelo Zuna has not only been swing, swinging the bat, but swinging his hands for however long uh, he's, he's been around on this world and, and playing baseball as well, probably close to 20 plus years in terms of MLB experience and minor league experience. So to change your bat path, that's that's something to be considered. Um, it wouldn't be easy, but you don't it's not like you need to force will smith that like that's where he positions himself for every other hitter what what makes you think he needs to change it up for one hitter that has a consistent issue with this and this is not something this is not something we see from marcelo zuna every night but right. you could also look around the league this is not something we see from any other players consistently so obviously it's a marcelo zuna issue if it's only him it's not like it's not like will smith is positioning him himself too far up close to the box if i had that picture to show i don't unfortunately maybe i'll <laughs> pop it up on the twitter um you'll, you'll notice that marcelo zuna is behind that uh back line in the batter's box will smith is in the perfect position um but yeah video of the day just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up because it was a controversial topic one thing i i will note before we end this uh marcelo zuna uh also said after the game that if it's it's not a, it's not his responsibility to fix. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. It's not his responsibility to fix this situation up. He thinks Will Smith should move back. So obviously two different perspectives. Obviously two different people involved in this. But we'll see if this continues on. I think maybe we can do another video day later on in the year if Will Smith is hitting JT Romito in the back of the head later on. Marcelo Zuni, you mean? Uh, what did I say? <laughs> you said Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, it looks like Marcelo Zuna has a consistent problem swinging at heads, and I think we got to figure it out there, Marcel. Uh, very nice, Jet. We're the, or video of the day. I almost yeah. got ahead of myself. Almost, almost got to the close of the show. You don't want to do that. Let's go to some NBA playoff update, Jet. Um, and, and really, like, there's not much to say. The Nuggets dominated the Lakers. And, you know, I mean, is there anything you really want to say? Like Jamal Murray played great. KCP stepped up. Michael Porter stepped up. Uh, and Jokic looked incredible. Games one and two. Games three and four got off to a slow start and then dominated towards the end of the game. So, I mean, it, it was a complete watch, this series, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the, the Nuggets finally got it done after all the talk of them not being able to get past the second round, unlike some other teams that just still cannot get past the second round in the NBA playoffs. The Nuggets got past the second round, and now not only the second round, but past the Eastern, uh, Western Conference Finals, and now we're going to be in the Finals for the first time in quite some time. Uh, we, I talked about Jamal Murray and his his potential impact on these playoffs. It has been shown all throughout. He has had great performances. We knew what we were getting from Nikola Jokic. Um, he just took it, I think, to another level after not receiving that 
third MVP award. It looks like he took that to heart. And I mean, he was, he was throwing up shots and I don't know how he was making throwing up. Um, I think it was behind his head, behind the three pointer line, fading, fading away. And somehow goes From in. LeBron. With, yeah, somehow goes goes in with the shot clock expiring. Uh, but he's, he's a triple double machine. He capped off this series with another triple double, a thirty point triple double. But the Nuggets got a lot of good contributions from others in their starting lineup. Didn't didn't need much out of their help from their bench. It was really their their starting lineup. I, I wonder if their depth could be an issue with them having to play all five starters, especially in that game four. 40-plus minutes, each of them, except KCP, only played 39. But still, um, the, the Nuggets were the best team in the West all season for a reason. They are the they are rightfully so representing the Western Conference. I know you can you make arguments that teams just – they didn't get the chance to beat the Nuggets because of injury issues, like with the Suns or with the Lakers, who were a seven seed. But the, the Lakers deserve to be there. The Nuggets deserve to be there. Just the Nuggets show that they, they were the better team in this one. Yeah, and then we look over at the East, and it's looking like we're going to see the matchup of Jimmy Butler versus Nicola Stapadget. Well, you know, it, it it pains me that we're, we're talking about the Heat series after a loss, after three games went by, things were at an all-time hot, but we didn't get a chance to record an episode. I should have called for a, a Monday recording instead of a Wednesday recording, but Nonetheless, we are at a 3-1 Miami Heat series lead. Um, you know, obviously you want to win every game in a series. Coming into this, if I would have expected the Heat to be if, – if you would have told me that the Heat are going to have a 3-1 lead going back to Boston in game game five, I would have totally taken that. Uh, the Celtics were the better team coming into this series on paper. Obviously, the Heat have proven to be the better team when the basketball has been played all throughout these first four games, going back to Boston is not going to be easy. But, you know, one thing I will say is the Celtics have struggled at home and and not only in these playoffs when they've gone four and four and five and, and lost two games to the, the heat, the first two games of this series, but they've struggled at home in the playoffs last year as well. And while they're three and oh in elimination games so far this season, I think when you look at the sample size of play from both teams, the Celtics struggling three of the four games and the Heat excelling in three of the four games, I think I think the Heat are going to end up closing this game out. Game five in Boston, like the Celtics closed out the Heat last year, game seven in Miami. Um, I, I just think that the Heat are better when they have to deal with an, an adversity, and that's what they're doing in, in game five, coming off of a rough loss at home. They're not they're, – the Heat are the, and I, I don't want to jinx myself here, but if, if you had to pick, pick a team out of all 30 NBA teams to blow a 3-0 lead, it's just not going to be the Heat. I could think of 29 other teams that I would take to blow a 3-0 lead, and it's never been done in NBA history. 150-0 teams are in, in a 3-0, um, 3-0 lead, and I, I the Celtics are the better team talent-wise, and if they continue to play like this, making every shot, it's going to be tough for the Heat to, to close them out. But I think the shooting a little bit for the Celtics last night is going to be unsustainable going forward in the, in the next game and, and if there's any other games. But I, I think the Heat will get it done in Game 5. What do you think? Uh, Well, first I want to just speak to, you know, Marcus Smart being seen saying, hey – don't let us get one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> don't so let us get one. Uh, I don't know if you buy into that, but I do want to speak about, you know, just go ahead and speak to – I know we were talking about it 
right before the show, uh, just what this means for the implications of the Nuggets are going to be resting. Now you're going back to Boston, could force a game six. Um, the, the longer this series goes, how how worse is the uphill battle for, you know, whoever wins the series? I don't want to. Well, I, I think, so let's say the Heat ended on Thursday. I mean, they're still going to have a right. little less than a week off, which is still and that's like, not going to be a big deal. You know, that, that's not gonna, if, if the series goes in, I think the next game after that would be Saturday in Miami. Um, sure, it's it's still going to be you know get a portion of days off, but you're going you're you're having to play two extra games that are probably going to be intense games and not get like the Heat are banged up right now. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent. Uh, Caleb Martin, like, bam, out of – like, they're all – everyone yeah. – I mean, you could say that around a lot of the guys on, on both teams, but we saw Jimmy Butler's big injury in the next series. Gabe Vincent rolled his ankle last night. Uh, bam, out of bio has been dealing with lingering injuries. Like, this is something that – like, I wanted the Heat to finish off the series in game four just to give those guys enough time to recover. Uh, obviously, it, it didn't happen, but you could look at rest, you know, in, in two different ways. But the Nuggets having more than a week off, it could – potentially right. cause some rust. Could look sluggish in game they, they one. Could look sluggish. Um maybe there's a happy media. Maybe you don't want too much rust and then that would have affected the heat if they ended the series last night. But you don't want you don't want too little rest because then you're going right back into it after a potentially in, intense series. Like the Nuggets they, they really had a cakewalk. They didn't face really any adversity yeah. maybe until like the, the first half of game four really i know there were there were some other points in that series where maybe the lakers could run away with some of the leads there but it, it's a t- it's tough i i think there's a happy medium between having too much rest and, and causing too much rust what, what are your thoughts no i agree I, I i think like over a week is is a little bit too much i mean you never know maybe it's a strategic loss by miami i mean i don't want to say that they would ever well, do that but you know, like if it is true though, you don't want eight, nine, ten days off uh, between games, and then versus someone that just had a three days rest. They're fresh. They're coming off of a series victory, and it's like you haven't played game basketball in nine days now. Who, is... who wants to travel? Like who wants to travel back to Boston? And, and then no, it's true. That, no, no, I'm not saying what... they actually strategically lost. Right. No, no, I know. No matter what, they're gonna have to travel back to Miami, win or lose. Like it. It, that that part is frustrating, but one thing I will say about strategically losing, I mentioned the Celtics winning on the Heat's court last year in the conference finals. Just saying, I mean, the, the Heat, the Heat, maybe they wanted to just finish the job on the opposing team's court after <laughs> what happened last year. Um, I just think that the Celtics have played too poorly all throughout this series for them all of a sudden to figure it out. It's still Eric Spolstra versus Joe Mazzulla. Um, when when like. The, the minute that I saw Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Grant Williams making shots, I knew the Heat were doomed. They were, they've been inconsistent all series long, and they finally started to show things off. The Celtics were desperate. You know, give them credit. They, they needed to win, and they got the job done on the road after getting embarrassed in Game 3. Now that the Heat got embarrassed, I would say embarrassed in Game 4. No, no energy, no real fight in the second half. I think they bounced back. It was always Heat in 5. That's that's the saying down here in SoFlo. So let's let's continue to ride with that. Isn't that what you said in the Knicks series too, though, man? <laughs> that's the same. Heat in five. Mark All right. Down. So so obviously as it stands, Nuggets swept. 
and just so you guys have the timeline based on, you know, if you're listening to this episode a couple days later or whatever, we're talking about Nuggets swept, Heat lost last night, game four, 3 1 Heat. Um, so that's where we stand. And then let's go ahead and revisit our brackets that oh, we yeah. made on episode 80. Uh, first, I wanted to talk about, you know, we both picked a player in each conference to stand out. And obviously, in the East, we both picked a Milwaukee Bucks player. So those aged terribly, uh, being Brooke Lopez for me and Chris Middleton for you. Yeah. Both of our West standouts, both of our West X factors, I think have aged really, really yeah. well. Uh, Anthony Davis for me and Jamal Murray for you. I think both of those guys' impacts have gone without saying uh, this whole entire playoffs. Jamal Murray obviously seemingly can't miss a three-point shot. And then, you know, Anthony Davis is like three blocks a game so far in this playoffs, which is is just crazy. Yeah, we can stop Um, revisiting the predictions there if you want. uh, Shouldn't have even mentioned the East either, man. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go ahead to the East side of the bracket. And we made these, uh, just so you guys are, you know, in the loop, we made these before the play-in games. So we have plans on this too. Uh, so what what I'm looking at here is I had let's start with the playing games nine versus ten, OKC and New Orleans. I had OKC moving on, and then Minnesota and the Lakers. I had the Lakers moving on. Uh, I don't have your bracket in front of me, so go yeah, ahead. yeah. I had I had the Lakers moving on. I I picked the Pel- Pelicans to win. Uh, didn't work out. I thought they them with more experience would have gotten the job done, but that was not the case. And then so I had uh, OKC versus the Lakers. Wait. No, OKC versus Minnesota. I had OKC winning that, and that didn't happen, right? I don't even remember, honestly. Minnesota beat OKC, correct? Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota beat OKC okay. to be the eighth seed. I, okay, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Okay. I didn't have um... – Minnesota either. I had I had the Pelicans. As, Pelicans. I had the Pelicans beating on the T Wolves to be the eight seed. Obviously, that did not happen. All right. So to cl- just clear it up the the plan because that's the most confusing part. So then obviously Denver and for me I had OKC in the eight, uh, but I didn't think it mattered. I had Denver in five in that series. Let me pull up. Let me just pull up on my phone what actually happened so you can. I believe it was either. Can... I believe it was four or five games. I don't. I don't remember. Ex- I don't think it went. More than that. Um, no, I don't think so either. I think it was five, but I just want to look. I had the Nuggets in six. I, I think that was a little bit generous, but I also thought it was going to be the Pelicans um, in in that eight seed. So. Okay, yeah, so it was Denver in five over Minnesota. And, you know, like we both said, we didn't have Minnesota there. Uh, two versus seven. This one, Memphis versus the Lakers. I had the Lakers winning in seven games, Jet. What was your prediction? Yeah, I had the Grizzlies winning in six, but that was before um, Dylan Brooks pulled the Dylan Brooks and John Moran obviously went down with an injury, but that was a stupid pick. Going forward, too, it was a stupid pick. So I, I had, I had, uh, I told you, Lakers in seven. Ended up being Lakers in six. Uh, Sacramento versus Golden State. This was a great series. I wish it could have been, could have been later just so it was more memorable, you know, not sandwiched in between three games every single day, which, you know, obviously is just the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, I had the Golden State Warriors in seven, Jet. What did you have in this one? I had the Warriors in six. Okay, so it ended up being the Warriors in seven. Yeah. Uh, and then the last, the four versus five, we are looking at 
I had Phoenix taking down the Clippers in six games. I had Phoenix taking down the Clippers in six games. Okay, and Phoenix ended up winning in five. I think Kawhi going down obviously had a role in that, and Paul George never coming back had a, a role in that as well. Um, so let's let's go ahead and finish with the Western Conference here first before we move over to the East. Uh, so next week, next obviously, I had um, Lakers versus the Warriors. And what what, what was your game? You I, had Lakers, I had the Warriors had and Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yeah. Okay. So I had Lakers over the Warriors in seven games. Uh, ended up being Lakers over Warriors in six games. I had the Grizzlies um, in six. So. <laughs> you want to say it? What did you say? No, I had, I, the in, I had the Grizzlies in six. I'll, oh, just, I'll, just, I'll just get it out of the way now while I'm here. I had the Grizzlies <laughs> going all the way to the finals. I thought I thought collectively as a group that they were going to be able to to stop some of the, the guys that were in front of them. Obviously, that did not happen. Um, I will never be picking the Grizzlies for anything ever again. So. <laughs> and then the other game in the West was Denver and Phoenix. And this is this is my first real miss in the Western Conference. I had Phoenix taking down Denver actually in five games, Jet. So yeah. that one didn't look too good. I don't I don't uh, have many regrets in life, but one of my biggest regrets, and you can go back to one of the previous episodes, I was very close to switching my finals pick to being the Nuggets. Um too much, too much historical games impacted that. I just and and again, the Suns without Chris Paul and some other issues right. within their team maybe it would have been a different story, but the Nuggets have been dominating the whole playoffs. So, so you had Phoenix over Denver. I had Phoenix over Denver in seven games. Okay, and well, what ended up happening is is Denver over Phoenix in six. I think Phoenix put up a good fight for you know what the injuries they were dealing with. Yeah. Kevin Durant really didn't play all that well, man. No. I think a lot of that loss is on him. I have to say. Um, and then so we're looking at I had Phoenix over the Lakers in seven games uh for the east for the western conference finals what, what was yours uh, <laughs> Memphis? i had the grizzlies over the suns in seven yeesh grizzlies over the suns in seven what actually happened jet was obviously <laughs> we just talked about it denver over the lakers in four i think i mean just not believing in denver i think was just a huge mistake but it wasn't just us man no. A lot of people, a lot of people didn't believe in Denver. I think I think Phoenix, as soon as they got Durant, was like shot up instantly to the Western Conference favorite. Makes sense. And it does, it makes sense. But but so stupid of me to just to buy into it. Because how often does it really happen that way? Like, where's Milwaukee right now? You know? Well, that's the thing with, with Phoenix. Phoenix right now? Well, that's the thing with Phoenix, they gave up all their depth to sacrifice right. for Kevin Durant, and it ended up hurting them because when they did deal Bad. with injuries, it did not yeah. work out of the end. Yeah, they, they had they had no um, injury insurance at all. No. None. So, obviously, we're caught up on the on the West. East, I did not fare as well, I don't believe. but uh, I did better in the East. So. Uh, that's better. good to hear. It's good to hear. Somewhat better. So, and I'll take it. I'll take the ones I got wrong. Um, so... Yeah, I'm happy with how my West turned out. East, obviously, Chicago and Toronto. I had Toronto taking down the Bulls. That wasn't correct. Uh, and I don't remember what you had in that one. I, I had the Bulls um, beating Toronto, and then the Bulls 
being the eight seed, but that was also because I had the Heat being the seven seed. Obviously, the Heat ended up being yeah. the the eight seed, and then the Hawks, which I, no one really thought. I mean, I was yeah. us didn't think they would get in there as the seven seed. Yeah. So yeah, I obviously both had Miami in the seven and eight, uh, but you know, for lack of for forget the confusion, Miami and Atlanta moved on. Atlanta ended up being the seven. Miami ended up being the eight. Um, so for me, my it, well. So what I had was Milwaukee over – I had Milwaukee over Toronto in four. Obviously, Toronto never never even sniffed the second play-in game. But uh, what what did you have for I, – I had um, – I had Milwaukee over – Chicago, I think. Milwaukee over – well, it, it was it was original – yeah, it was yeah it was Chicago in six, so – Milwaukee and six. Milwaukee and six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This guy had the Bulls moving on. Yikes. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you had Milwaukee and six over Chicago. I had Milwaukee and four over Toronto. And then Boston versus Miami is what I thought was going to happen. I had Boston over Miami in five. Yikes. I had, I had six. So. You had Boston over Miami in six? Yeah. Okay, and then obviously what really happened is these teams didn't even play each other. It was uh, Miami over Milwaukee in five, which was just crazy. Uh, and then Boston over Atlanta, and Atlanta actually got two games in that series. Yeah. A lot of people – I mean, I, honestly, that should have been, been a clue that, that Boston – Really doesn't look that good this year in the playoffs. So I mean, I mean it was even playoffs. a bigger it was an even bigger clue against the 76ers too, but yeah. You know. Tatum couldn't hit a bucket. Uh unfortunately they played the worst team of all time. Uh and then we're looking at Philly and Brooklyn. I had Philly in five. You had Philly in how in, many? In five. They won in four. Okay. So ended up being a sweep, the only sweep of the first round. I'll take a victory where I can. Uh, and then Cleveland versus New York. This was this was a good series. It was a lot of fun to watch. I had Cleveland over New York in seven. Um, I had New York in seven. It ended up being in five. New York in five. And it was so back and forth. Like, these games weren't blowouts. It just – it never, never flipped the way of, of the Cleveland Cavs, which is a shame. Like, I, I think that Cavs team – I think they can be good. They just maybe need another year. Yeah, that's Donna that, that was my whole thing. They, they just didn't have the experience that the Knicks had. Yeah. Um, so so moving on from that, and my whole my whole Eastern Conference is messed up. I have people playing the wrong <laughs> wrong people. I had Milwaukee over Cleveland in six. Uh, obviously, what actually happened was, I mean. Miami over New York in six. <laughs> yeah. So what what did you have for that? that I, I had season? I had Milwaukee over New York in six. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just all over the place here. And then I had Boston. Show. It is, it really is. I had Boston over Philly in seven, which works. That is what ended up happening. I mean I had Boston over Philly in five, but Whoa! <laughs> you forgot did you forget who James Harden was every third game? <laughs> yeah, I did. I really did. Um, and then so for me, I had, which is just, I mean, so stupid. Milwaukee over Boston in seven didn't work at all. What did you have? In- I had Milwaukee over Boston in six, a.k.a. Heat, heat over Boston in five. 
And so what really ended up happening is Boston in seven over Miami. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that a little prediction? Are we going to have to come back to this clip? Boston over Miami in six is Wednesday, May 24th. So we'll be back to that one. Um, and then in the finals, I had Phoenix over Milwaukee in seven. My exact prediction of last year. Uh, and, the year last before, year, and the year before. And uh, <laughs> hey, what was your finals, Jet? It's time for a new prediction for you. Uh, for me, it was Bucks, Bucks and Grizzlies, uh, Bucks and Six. Okay. Yeah, kind of fell apart there. Not yeah. not a very. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to do the entire bracket. Oh yeah. Before the play in. Maybe we'll start at the playoffs next year, just to. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> we probably should do that honestly yeah just so we at least can start with the same and then like make it a thing minutes. like where neither of us pick the grizzlies because they're just well you don't have to tell me that that just <laughs> yeah. has to be that has to just be your thing <laughs> it was never my thing i don't have to worry about that just so you know uh but yeah so like i said i mean we both had some good calls in there we both had some really rough calls in there Yes. I think obviously my best call was Lakers to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> no one, no one really saw that. I think, I think uh, Jets' worst call. <laughs> no, I was, I was gonna say my best. My best was a little mix in the first round, and that's as far as it was. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I skipped straight to your worst. Uh, <laughs> Jets' worst call obviously is uh, Memphis to the finals, but. I mean, no, worse things I mean, have been said, right? I should have picked the Heat. I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. No, yeah. No no faith in your team. Um, at least when I predicted Philly would go out, I predicted versus who and in how many games. And, and that's exactly what happened. So at least I was realistic. Uh, you just didn't believe, which is fine. I've seen it before. But yikes, Jed. I think you might need to start taking down some stuff off the wall there behind you. Uh, all good, though. Anything else you wanted to talk about with these uh, – Pretty atrocious brackets. No, let's move on. <laughs> Good with that. All right, let's go ahead and get into our MLB power rankings. It's been a while since we've done this. Yeah. Um, so basically what Jet and I did was we wanted to talk about our top 10, and we wanted to do consensus, so we weren't sitting here just listing off names for, you know, 45 minutes. So what we did was we took the liberty of, of getting the consensus for you guys. So – we did our top 15 each. We each listed our top 15 teams. Um, and then I'm going to mention all the teams that got votes. And then we're going to actually dive into the top 10 a bit. And so basically what I did was I listed each of our top 15s. And then I added uh, counting down from 1 to 15. So whoever was first place got 15 points in each of our brackets, if this makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Second place got 14. Third place, 13. So and then I added the two numbers together, and it spit out this list of uh, of the names. The fake formula is back. The fake formula is back. The fake formula has never left, man. I ain't saying that I'm back or nothing, because that implies that I'm back from something. Come on, <laughs> Jet, figure it out, man. Uh, so let's start with just just guys we want to mention that received votes. Uh, Sixteen teams received votes to be in the top fifteen. Um, Phillies had two points. The Angels had two points. The Cardinals had four points. The Mets had eight points. Tied with the Blue Jays and the Red Sox also with eight points. And that rounds out 11 through 16. Um, any surprises there? You think anyone got snubbed? You think anyone maybe should be there that 
maybe is there that shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't think the Phillies <laughs> deserve to be in the top 20, to be honest, the, the way they've been playing so far this season. Um, I agree. The, I don't know why you put them there. <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, the Marlins actually deserve to be there over the Phillies, if, if we're being honest. But Agreed. We we, we both had um, – I'm looking back at our, our power rankings. when we Our first one we did before the season – we both had the Phillies in the top five. You had them at four. You had them at five. I don't think they should be sniffing the top 20 at the moment. Well, I'm looking at just some of the names that are, you know, outside the top 15 or outside the top 10. A lot of these guys we had. True. Very high up. I'm looking at Phillies, Cardinals, Mets, Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams overperforming maybe early on in the year. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's not like unheard of to get off to a slow start and still have a good season. So, but that's that's what 11 through 16 is looking like. Jet coming in 10th place is the Minnesota Twins with 12 points. Any thoughts there? Yeah, the the, the Minnesota Twins were a team that I was high on going into the year. Obviously, I had them winning the division, and the story for them has really been their pitching. They've had a lot of good performances, obviously from a newcomer Pablo Lopez, but uh, Bailey Obear, who wasn't even a part of the rotation at the start of the year, as well as Joe Ryan's having a breakout season. And then Sonny Gray's just been a, a nice uh, veteran piece to have. That's been pretty consistent. One eight two ERA. That's better than pretty consistent, but the twins, they, they've had their ups and downs so far, but they look like they will be at least competing in their division and maybe a little bit more as we move along in the year. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I, I ranked them before their last two two games. So I did this ranking Monday night. Man, I mean, all of a sudden they're one game above 500, losing yeah. three in a row, four and six in their last 10. But obviously still this is a team that has plenty of guys adding a lot of just value to this roster. Uh, obviously you look at the home runs, Joey Gallo with 11, and a lot of people thought, you know, the shift is gone. Joey Gallo may be back, and, you know, he's hitting 211 OPS near 900. So, I mean, uh, look, I'll take it from Joey Gallo if he's on my squad. Obviously, Carlos Correa off to a pretty decent start. Byron Buxton with 10 home runs to start the year as well. Uh, Staying healthy so far, too, which could honestly be a huge part of their success. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Good answer, Jet. Number nine, the Arizona Diamondbacks with 13 points, so one point ahead of the Minnesota Twins. And this team, man, they're hot to start the year. Nine games above 500, 29 and 20, a game and a half back of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they currently hold the number one wildcard spot in the NL. So before you kind of break them down, just real quick, here to stay, yes or no? I think they are. I, I think that there are some obviously questions about their pitching, but they have some guys that they could potentially use from the minor leagues that are, you know, highly regarded prospects. Um, but I, I, you know, the store for them, I think, which will continue to carry them throughout the year, potentially it's looking like a wild card spot. If there's offense can keep up, um, like adding some of the additions they made in the off season in terms of the, the trade they made, they added, Lourdes Gurriel and Gabriel Marino from the Toronto Blue Jays. And both of those guys have been integral, you know, extremely important in, in their success so far this year. And that goes along with some of the other guys that they already had in-house. Um, again, the pitching will decide whether or not they could continue this. But I think the Diamondbacks, they've been wor- working up to this point the past couple of years. And they were, they were a sleeper team for a lot of people. And I think for them right now, you know, nine games over 500 – 
Um, I think they can make a real push for a playoff spot this year. Okay, number eight is the Milwaukee Brewers Jet, 26 and 22, atop of the NL Central. But don't look now. Brewers fans do not look down in the standings because St. Louis Cardinals are bearing in on you and they're doing it fast. All of a sudden, five games back after being 10 and what was it? It was like 10 and, and 24. Something like that. Yeah, it was. It was they are now 22 back. and 28. And, you know, we kind of expected this to happen. This is a really good Cardinals team. And honestly, Milwaukee, this isn't sustainable for them. If they're going to keep wanting to win games, they need Corbin Burns to wake up. They need Brandon Woodruff to wake up. They need Freddie Peralta to wake up from his two-year coma. Uh, and then Eric Lauer not, not having his best season either. Kind of broke out last year, not following it up strong. Milwaukee Brewers at eight, Jet. Well, they, they need they need their pitchers to get healthy. Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer. Eric Lauer actually just got put on the IL. Brandon Woodruff's been out for quite some time. But uh, Corbin Burns has not been great. Freddie Peralta has actually been pretty good. But the pitching overall, in terms of the back of their bullpen, um, not as like not not has not as good as it has been in the past. Um, and, and you can't really say their offense is carrying them either. I think their offense is, you know, middle of the road. None of the guys on that team are having unbelievable years, just a lot of mid, if, if we're being honest. Um, I think the key for the Brewers, and, and that's what they do, is they they win their game based off of pitching. I think their season will continue to go as Corbin Burns does. I think he is that X factor for them going forward. If he can turn it around, the Brewers will be able to maintain this top spot in the, in the NL Central. I, I believe they still can. Um, even with a hot Cardinals team behind them, but we shall see. And then let's go ahead and get into the American League East. Obviously, all five teams in this division above 500 and all five teams in this division within the top 12 of our consensus power rankings, which is just absolutely crazy. Um, but obviously, first coming is the New York Yankees at number seven, receiving 19 votes, 30 and 20 to start the year. Still five games back of first place. And not only are they five games back of first place, they're two games back of second place, which is just crazy to be 10 games over 550 games in and uh, be looking like seriously up in the division. Five games back is, is not not a small amount to, to overcome when you got good teams in front of you. No, not, not at all. But like we talked about early on in the show, I think kind of the reason that the Yankees are back in this spot after somewhat of a slow start is Aaron Judge has been remarkable since his return from the IL. Still, you know, a lot of questions about their, their pitching rotation and, and pitching in general. But the offense looks like it, you know, can can withstand some of this this other stuff in their pitching area. But um, it's, it's, it's a tough – it's going to be a tough battle with, with all those teams in that division. Number six is the Los Angeles Dodgers atop of the NL West, 31 and 19, 621 percentage. They're six and four in their last 10. Uh, you know, this team has been been good for a very long time, and, and they're going to continue to be good for a very long time. Uh, they've pretty much been a staple of top 10 power rankings for how many years now? What, 10 at least? Oh, yeah. They for, so. for at least for at least 10 years now, they just continue to find guys that can they can use bring up from their minor leagues get like they, they've revived some careers this year too jason hayward is somehow being productive in i don't know it's his age 33 season um miguel rojas looks like he's found a nice home back in los angeles and in the uh shortstop for them and then like 
for their pitching, they have had some big injuries. They just lost Dustin May to an injury. Uh, Noah Syndergaard's been pretty banged up, but they continue to find guys that can fill those voids and continue to produce. They've had some breakout performances from the guys on offense. The Dodgers, they're just, they're built differently. And then there's no reason why they should be going anywhere anytime soon. I heard Will Smith might be out with a headache coming up here soon. Any, any worries there? Um, no, I, I think not the reliever, not the reliever. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think he should be fine. I do. All right, number five in the power rankings, and, and this is a team that received hype because of who they were able to bring on this offseason. Jet and I didn't buy into it quite as large, and it looks like maybe we should have. It's the Texas Rangers coming in fifth place, 22 points, and this team, I mean, they look really good. 30 and 18 to start the season, two games ahead of the Houston Astros, uh, four games ahead of the Los Angeles Angels, six games ahead of who we thought was going to be the – the clear number two in this division, the Seattle Mariners, uh, Texas Rangers look great with, with, with the additions they've made so far. Yeah. I mean, a big concern for, for me was their ability to get production after at, at the middle to lower part of their batting order and guys like Jonah Heim, uh, Ezekiel Duran, um, who else am I forgetting? Uh, Josh Young. These are all guys that have stepped up big time. And a big part of why they average over six runs a game, why they have the best run differential in all of baseball. Um, and the pitching, I, Jacob DeGrom, we knew this was going to happen with him, not not to be able to stay healthy for a whole year. But Nathan Avaldi has been instrumental in making up for the starts that losing with Jacob DeGrom. So some concerns, you know, with their pitching overall. But their offense has just been too good that the deficiencies they have in pitching are just not shown right now. We'll see if this offense is sustainable. Um, I, I definitely think there are some concerns, but they are definitely not the team that I, that I thought they were going to be coming into this year. Yeah, and and Philly's got to experience it firsthand. So I was actually I was a witness to uh, what really set their season on track. I think. Uh, being down five nothing to the Phillies and then just crushing the hopes and dreams of every Phillies fan that just you know maybe it was their Christmas present travel to a to a baseball field but uh you know let's, let's not talk about that now um, Texas Rangers really good looking team number four the Baltimore Orioles twenty four points this team's just been remarkable with what they've been able to do they're thirty one and seventeen three games back and Baltimore looks like they maybe start are, you know, adapting to that winning raise culture. You know, it doesn't matter who the guys are. They want to win and they want to win bad. And, and you know, culture does have something to do with it. Do you think this Orioles culture is is, is real? I do. It, it definitely looks like it's real based off what we've seen on the, on the field this year. It's they're getting, they're getting a lot of production from guys that you wouldn't have expected to come into there. Obviously the Adley Rutschman's of the world, we, we knew what was going to happen with him. He was going to have a very successful season, but Cedric Mullins having a bounce back year. Um, some of their pitchers, like their biggest concern was pitching uh, back end of their bullpen with Yenier Cano as their hold guy, potential save saves opportunity as well. Um, that's been a big reason why they've been so successful in the pitching area. Tyler Wells, Kyle Gibson have been pretty good. Um, the Orioles, I think if they make a few more additions at the deadline, because they're going to, uh, at this rate, they're going to be a playoff team. Potentially, like, 
if if the Rays somehow you know stumble, which you know they they are due for for some regression with the start they got off to, uh, but the Orioles look like they are destined for a playoff run if they can make a few more impactful additions at the deadline, they could be very scary. Yeah, I agree, and and Adley Rushman, it's like it it was night and day this team before the Adley Rushman era, yeah, and so far throughout it literally it was like a flitch. A switch, flitch, no, flitch, flitch, flitch slipped up, man. Uh, no, I mean this Baltimore Orioles team, I think, is here to stay. Let's move on to number three, and this is the World Series hangover. Houston Astros, they seem like they're really experiencing a bad. Twenty-five points out of a possible thirty, by the way. Um, and this Astros team is twenty-eight and twenty, even though they're two games back. Look, listen. You're never gonna rank the Chargers over the Chiefs if they're two games, no. you know, ahead of them. So that's that's what this that's what that means. Astros at three jet. Talk about it. Yeah, the Astros have been on a nice run. I know they lost, you know, to the Brewers last night, but they had a, a double digit win over the Brewers the night before. And they're a team with being only two games back. I, I still think they are going to win this division. Too much talent up and down this team, and I don't even think some of these guys have gotten into full, you know fully what they're capable of being. Um, Alex Bregman got off to a slow start. Jeremy Pena got off to a slow start. Kyle Tucker got off to a slow start. And then they're pitching. Um, they've been dealing with some injuries. So this is not the ceiling for the Astros. And it, it's looking like like they're, they're the same team they were last year. I would not be surprised if they get back to the World Series again. And number two is the Atlanta Braves rounding out the top of the NL East. Um, 29 and 19. They are on a bit of a skid lately, four and six in their last 10 Braves receiving 28 out of 30 points. So obviously Jet and I both had this, this team at second place in our personal power rankings. I mean, and uh, in my personal opinion, I don't even think they've gotten hot yet. Still, I think there's, there's still better baseball to be played. Obviously Ronald Cunha coming back, looking for an MVP. I think he's a guy that is going to win some throughout his career. He's looking yeah. to make a case for his first one here, um, kind of putting some of the Acuna Soto debates to bed, sort of. You know, I don't – I mean, it's early. Again, it's early. It's early. Right. It's long yeah, season. go ahead and tell us. It's, it's early. long season, yeah. Um, and, and Atlanta, man, like they – like I said, they haven't gotten hot yet. What I mean by that is, like, they've just consistently won a couple more games than they've lost. That's it. Like, every time I look, it's like, oh, they've, they've lost two in a row. Oh, they're – six and four in their last 10. Um, they're just consistently winning more than they're losing. And and I think this Atlanta team is obviously here to stay. They've, they've owned this division for the better half of a decade now. Yeah. And one of the players that hasn't gotten it going yet is Austin Riley. And this is a guy that was in the MVP, MVP conversation player. Yeah, a year ago. And once he gets going, I think maybe this Braves team gets to another level with how, you know, Ronald Acuna is playing, how Sean Murphy's playing like, both of those guys, I think, can make an argument for for the MVP conversation with how productive they've been, and I mean they've gotten some nice production out of some of their pitching pitch newcomers in their pitching rotation as well. Uh, Spencer Strider looks as dominant as he was last year; doesn't look like a sophomore slump for him. So yeah, this the Braves. I, I I could see the Braves expanding upon this this division lead right now because the 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 teams below them, unfortunately, um, don't look like at this point in time don't look like they'll be able to compete with this Braves team. Um, over or under, I'm going to go through a quick over or under here before yeah. we get to number one, um, over or under jet. Let me think 31 games 
in front of the Washington Nationals to end the year. Oof. Currently at nine, Nationals have started off much better than expected at 20 and 28. And, you know, much better than expected at 20 and 28. Don't usually go hand in hand, but for this Nationals team. Um, I'm going to say that's tough because last, last year was 46. Um, the year before was 23 and a half. They're right in the middle. I'm going to say, I'm going to say slightly over. I, I, okay. I think, I, I think the nationals, they're, they're showing some things that are, you know, potentially going to be worthwhile paying attention to with some of their young guys stepping up. But in the end, this is still probably going to be a hundred win, hundred loss, hundred loss team this year. And the Braves again, have not found their stride yet. The, the year 2021 where the Braves finished only 23 and a half and it's, it's a lot, 23 and a half games above the nationals. The Braves only won 88 games and okay. in 2022 where the Braves won a hundred games the lead was 46 games. So I think the Braves are a 90 plus win team. And I think that coincides with the slightly over 31. Okay. Fair. I just wrote it down. Braves over 31 ahead of the Nats jet. Oh, uh, lastly, ask, ask, Tampa- me the Mar- ask me the Marlins though. No, last, lastly, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays coming in in first place, receiving two first place votes. Uh, just, I mean, we only know two, that- only two first place. Two, votes. two out of two. It's two out of two. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, 20 games over the Mendoza mark to start the year. Um, three games over the Baltimore Orioles who are on a tear five games over the New York Yankees who are playing great eight and a half games over the Red Sox and Jays who again are both over 500. So not much to say about this race. I mean, we're talking about them in an unfortunate time. Obviously suffering a 20 to one loss to the Toronto Blue Jays a night ago is, is concerning. I mean, they lost their, best run differential in all of baseball but this race team i mean they've been un- unbelievable so far this year i don't think one game's gonna you know take away what they've been doing all year the pitching the offense like again we, this is like beating a dead horse like we do so often on this show but you look up and down their lineup and and they're starting to have you know potential stars you know emerge like randy rosarena wander franco but you know up and down that lineup it's a lot of guys that don't have household names, but continue to produce the Jose series, the Taylor walls, Harold Ramirez. Um, it's just a, it's a thing of beauty to watch, you know, over, over the West coast on the great state of Florida. Yeah. And uh, like, like I said, not much to say about this race team. They are winning. They're going to keep winning. I think next episode, we're going to have to check up on jets uh, over 88 win total. I think, I think that's going to hit. I mean, it has to, um, Jet, let's go ahead and get a word of the day going. And let's I, do it. I'm going to take the liberty of doing it this time just because I put you on the spot quite a bit. Um, so here we are. Haven't seen it yet. Word of the day. Let's go ahead and get the volume on so we can give it a little. Yeah, share that sound. Share that sound. Adam Brait. Adam Brait. Word I've never seen before in my life, so this could be tough. What it means. That's a verb. What it means. Adumbrate is a formal verb with several meanings that all have to do with figurative shadows. It can mean to foreshadow vaguely, as in a childhood interest in ants that adumbrated a career in biology. It can mean to suggest or outline partially, <laughs> as in a few sentences that adumbrate the plan. And it can mean to overshadow or obscure, as in 
a cheerfulness not adumbrated by difficult circumstances. Um, so I think I'm going to just go with the last definition there. Cause that was, I mean, that was just, I've never seen a worse regurgitation of words in my life. Um, I'm confused. So let me, let me quickly read that last one again. Yeah. Uh, it can mean to overshadow or obscure as in a cheerfulness, not adumbrated by difficult circumstances. So, you know, if I'm trying to piece this together, um, hmm. Miami dolphins were not adumbrated by Tua's 17th concussion of the season last year, as they were still able to make the playoffs and put up a good fight uh, against the Buffalo Bills in the wild card round. They were not adumbrated by the weak back of the head of Tua, Nigga Manuela Pola, Donnie, Tongo Vailoa. Um, (laughs) What's funny? Yeah, I'm trying to – you don't remember the name? You failed that question. I know, I know, I know. Let's go. Let's try with some heat. The Miami Heat were never adumbrated. By the Boston Celtics. They weren't even adumbrated by the shadow of the big bad Milwaukee Bucks. But I will tell you what was adumbrated, though. Unfortunately, Jet, the Miami Marlins were adumbrated by the terrible loss of Miguel Rojas. They have never recovered since. This team will not get back on track until Miggy Rowe is back with the fish. And that's a fact. Thoughts? That was that was very thoughtful. That was very you know well put together. Um, again, you know, like I like I do on some of these these segments, I do disagree with some of the um, <laughs> some of some of the context you, you add to this great word of the day. But it's a, it was a tricky one, so I'll give you it was. I'll I'll, I'll I'll give you credit to that. Um, I know I need to step my game on this because you know I, I've been slacking with these words of the days. So I got to start, you know, t- tying it into your three favorite teams: the the Eagles, Phillies, and Flyers. So, um, yeah, that was that was good though. It was very good. Thank you, Jet. Um, and, and special thanks to Marcelo Zuna for entertaining us today. Uh, you know, he he did Thank he you, did Marcel. good with that. Marcelo's entertained quite a few things, whether they be you know allegations and uh, you know just people in general. Um, Thank you for inspiring us quickly to Merriam-Webster. Everyone get out there. Learn how to use the word Adam Bray. Learn what the fuck the word means because <laughs> really I don't know. I'll tell you the truth. And, oh, uh, well, thank one you. tip. You, use it in a sentence today if you're listening. Yeah. Use, it, use it tomorrow. Right. Use it in a conversation with your friend, your significant other, your unsignificant other. You know, whatever, whatever's floating your boat. And and another tip, just look it up and, and learn what it means before you do that. Yeah, yeah, you, well, yeah, of course. Of you, course. May, you may feel a little silly like I just did. And uh, lastly, a big, big thank you to Jet for informing us today about the great Trey Turner debacle and the great Marcelo Zuna debacle. Jet, thank you very much. You always do a great job with that. I'm Tommy. That was Jet, and this is the 25-8 Sportscast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys.